0: you're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. You guys doing good? So good to see you guys today. Hey, would you help me welcome again those watching online? If you're watching online, thanks so much for joining us. Um, And really, even though we're in the building, we don't care if you're on the lake or at the beach or at the campgrounds, good for you, like enjoy it, but thanks for tuning in, we're glad you guys are with us today. Hey, so this is a big weekend for honor. Uh, Tomorrow is a day that we set aside to honor the men and women who have given their lives for our great nation, Uh, and and it's a big deal, it's a really big deal, and uh, we've also been honoring graduates Around here this week, and we're kind of, you know, right between Mother's Day and Father's Day. We're into this whole like honor thing. And so I want to talk a little bit about honor today. And I want to start with this question Who is worthy of your honor? Who is worthy of my honor? Who is worthy of your honor? Uh, Who do I honor? Who do you honor? You see, what I I believe and what I am observing is that we live in a culture where dishonor and disrespect are growing incrementally. Now, if you consider yourself to be a Christian, if you consider yourself to be a Jesus follower, I believe that you will find this message today very poignant and, you know, something that you probably want to hear talked about. Uh, But even if you don't consider yourself a Christian, if you're exploring faith, if you're just trying to Figure out who Jesus is. That's cool. We welcome you here. We're so glad that you're here, but but I think that you'll find that this message uh, is quite relevant as well. I believe that this idea of honor is lost on many of us today, and I'm going to say some things today that are difficult for me to say, and I'm going to say some things that are difficult to hear, and there's going to be some tension. There's going to be some discomfort. But I, need, I think we need to talk about this idea of honor, and honor is something that I've thought a lot about in the last year or so. Uh, within the last 15 months or so, both of my parents have gone home to heaven. And in that time, I found myself trying to figure out how to honor them correctly, properly, lovingly. And uh, one of the things that I wrestled with is, um, how is honor connected to their stuff? You know, one of the realities uh, of life when we leave this earth is that we leave stuff behind. And I started thinking, like, what do I do with all of my parents' stuff? How do I honor them with their stuff? Um, Because they love their stuff, do I need to love their stuff? And that got me thinking about my stuff. Like, I have lots of stuff. And I began to think about the stuff that I love. And and then I kind of played out the house on fire scenario in my mind. Like, if the house is on fire and we have to get out, what am I taking with me? And the real question is, what do I love? What do I cherish? What what really matters? What do I treasure? I almost had to live this one day when we were still living in Los Angeles. Uh, Amy was gone and I was at the house by myself on my own for lunch And I knew that there were some leftover hot wings in the fridge. And if you're taking notes, hot wings are my love language. And I had the brain cramp of all brain cramps. I just grabbed them out of the fridge and I threw them in the microwave and I hit go, completely forgetting that they had wrapped the wings in foil and then put them in the styrofoam container. And that foil arced, and my microwave was on fire. And the smoke alarm was going off, and panic is ensuing, and it was a disaster. Now, I got the fire out. I got the fire out, no problem. But there was black styrofoam soot floating everywhere in our house. And there was black on the ceiling from the smoke. And just so we're clear, Amy's love language is not black smoke on her ceiling of her kitchen. But in that moment, I thought, what if I can't contain this fire? What if I have to get out? What am I grabbing? I'm like, okay, grab the dog. Grab some like wedding pictures. TVs are too big. Golf clubs aren't in here. I'm good there. But what really mattered? In that moment, what really mattered to me? So that's the question. What matters? What do I love? When when it comes to this idea of honor, These are the real questions. What do I love? What really matters? What is deserving of my respect and my honor? What do I love? What do I treasure? You know, in just about every culture of the world, there's a distinct way of showing honor. Uh, Pre-pandemic in our culture, like it was a handshake, right? That's how we would honor another person. We would shake hands. And To be honest, I've been so happy to be shaking hands with some of you guys over the last six or eight months. It's been so good because like I grew up independent Baptist and we believe in the right hand of Christian fellowship. That'll resonate with some of you. But anyway, it's a handshake, right? A firm handshake for men and a polite handshake for the ladies, right? Now, I'm not against fist bumps, but it just ain't the same for me. A handshake, right? We honor each other with a handshake. In some cultures, in some countries, it's a slight bow. You honor another person, you greet them with a bow. You're you're showing honor, you're showing respect. In other countries, you bring a gift. You always bring a gift. That's how you honor other people. You bring a gift. Now, there are even some cultures where it's dishonorable to show the soles of your feet. So don't put your feet on the desk. Don't put your feet on the coffee table. And don't put your bare feet on the dashboard. No, seriously, stop. It's disgusting. Don't put your feet on the dashboard. It's dishonorable. Here's my point. We don't really do things to display honor. It's just not that important to us. We we couldn't care less about honor. In fact, we care much more. We're much more interested in roasting someone than toasting someone in our culture. We become a culture without honor. So today we're going to look at a brief account from the life of Jesus. And in this account, we're going to see that Jesus was limited in what he was able to do because he was not honored. And the crazy thing about this is that it happens in his hometown. He was not honored in his own hometown. The place where he should have received the most honor, he was honored the least. So let me set the scene for us real quick real quick, and then we'll look at this account that's captured for us in Mark chapter 6. And uh, there's a guy named Peter that you'll read about in the Bible when you read the Bible, and uh, he was one of Jesus' main guys. And what we see in this book of Mark or this gospel of Mark is we see Peter's eyewitness account of the life of Jesus. A guy named Mark, sometimes known as John Mark, he just wrote it down for Peter. So this is Peter's story. This is Peter's eyewitness story. It's an eyewitness account, and it's recorded for us in Mark. So Jesus is returning to his hometown. Now, just so we clear, we're clear, this is not the place of his birth. This is not Bethlehem. This is the town where he grew up. Right? He's returning to his hometown, and he had actually visited about a year earlier, and the townspeople tried to kill him, but instead just ran him out of town. And so Jesus returns a year later, and uh, he's been traveling. He's been out on a ministry tour. Uh, His ministry's in full swing at this point, and he's teaching and healing and performing miracles. He's turning water to wine, and he's opening the eyes of the blind, and he's making the deaf to hear, and he's raised the dead, and he took five loaves of bread and two fish and fed 5,000 people. And Jesus was teaching and preaching and healing all over the place. But when he returned to his hometown... He could not serve in the same ways. He couldn't serve them and minister to them because there was a lack of faith and honor. Y'all, this account is crazy. Mark wrote, Jesus left that part of the country and returned with his disciples to Nazareth, his hometown. And the next Sabbath, he began teaching in the synagogue. And many who heard him were amazed, and they asked, where did he get all of this wisdom and power to perform such miracles? So initially, they're like, this is kind of amazing. Like, where did this guy get all this wisdom, power? Like, how does he do all this? But then they scoffed. He's just a carpenter, the son of Mary and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And his sisters live right here among us. And they were deeply offended and refused to believe in him. They were like, we we know this guy. We we grew up with him. We went to school with him. He's just a carpenter. He he made your kitchen table. He's just one of us, just an ordinary guy. This is the guy that we grew up with. His sisters still live in town. He's just like us. He ain't special. But then Jesus told them, A prophet is honored everywhere except in his hometown and among his relatives and his own family. So that's a phrase that we'll still reference in our culture. A prophet is without honor in his own hometown. And and this is interesting because this is the idea behind the word honored. Jesus is saying that a prophet is honored or treated as extraordinary, treated special everywhere except his hometown. In his hometown, he is treated common or ordinary. So dishonor means to treat as common or ordinary. You don't even have to be hating on someone. It's just common, ordinary. And let me speak to all of you that are married and those of you that are looking to be married If you want to have a common marriage, let me tell you how you can have one. If you want an ordinary or common marriage, then dishonor your spouse. Treat them as common or ordinary. You see, when when you first get married, it's all great. You're all in love. And it's great because you're always showing honor. You're opening doors and sending flowers and giving gifts and writing cards. You're showing honor over and over again. But over time, if you're not aware, if you're not on your game, you begin to take each other for granted. You begin to treat each other as common or ordinary. And what was once great becomes common and ordinary because dishonor moved in. And listen, the result of dishonor is always common, it's always ordinary, and many times it's disaster. What was once uncommon and extraordinary becomes common because of dishonor. To dishonor is to treat as common or ordinary. So what does honor mean? Honor means to value, respect, esteem highly. It means to value. It means to give weight to. It means precious. It means to treasure. Listen, we honor what we treasure. And honor lifts up and dishonor tears down. Honor believes the best about somebody and dishonor believes the worst. Honor builds up, and dishonor destroys. Let's continue with that illustration and see if we can drill down a little bit more on this idea. Maybe, maybe, maybe your husband is not the man he ought to be because you do not honor him. Maybe he's a jerk because all he gets from you is dishonor. You never build him up you always tear him down, and maybe, guys, maybe, maybe your wife is not living up to your expectations because you do not honor her. Maybe she's coming at you all the time because all she gets from you is dishonor. You never build her up. You always tear her down. You see, honor encourages honor builds. And check this out. Respect is earned, but honor is given. You can honor someone simply because of their position. You can honor somebody simply because God has placed them around you. God has put them in your life. God has put them in your circles. Honor is freely given. But see, this is how we think. We think, well, I'll treat them with honor when they begin, begin living honorably. That's not how honor works. You can treat them with honor before they're honorable, and the honor you bestow on them will often lift them to live honorably. You see, because honor empowers and honor encourages And just be reminded of this truth. We live in a culture of dishonor. We live in a culture of disrespect. And listen, we we can't figure out why people behave the way that they do. They have been devalued and dishonored over and over and over again. And, And don't miss this. Watch what a spirit of dishonor did to Jesus. Watch what a spirit of dishonor did to the Son of God, the creator of the universe. A prophet is not honored in his own hometown by his family, by his relatives, and because of their unbelief and their dishonor, he couldn't do any miracles among them except to place his hands on a few sick people and heal them, and he was amazed at their unbelief. Now, I want you to see this. It doesn't say that he wouldn't do any miracles among them. It says that he couldn't do any miracles among them, except to heal a few people. As somebody who studied the Bible for a long time, as somebody who believes they understand the very nature of God, I can't understand this dynamic, I can't get my head around this dynamic, but a lack of honor inhibited the very Son of God. It's not that he wouldn't do it. He couldn't do it. And he was amazed by their unbelief. Listen, you know what this tells me? Honor is powerful. Jesus could not do in his own hometown what he could do in other places where he was honored. And tragically, we have become a culture, for the most part, that is without honor. So that brings us to this very important question. Who are we called to honor? As you might suspect, there's quite a bit recorded in the scripture about this. There's a lot in there about this idea of honor. And I want us to see today several groups of people that are mentioned in the scripture. And the first one is parents. These are people in the scripture that we're called to honor. Now, most of us get this one because it made the Big Ten. Right? Made the Ten Commandments, right? Made the Big Ten. Don't lie. Don't steal. Don't kill people. Honor your mother and your father. And it's awesome because we, we have these days that we've set apart. We're right between Mother's Day and Father's Day. We have these days that we've set apart to honor our parents, and that, that's all great. But what about honor on a day-in and day-out basis? I see a lot of dishonor in our families. I see a lot of disrespect in our families. And again, we might say, well, you know, my mom and dad didn't really live honorable lives. Respect is earned. Honor is given. We honor our mother and father because God commands it and love and gratitude demand it. We're to honor our parents, and then we're to honor those in authority. We're commanded in Scripture to honor those that God has placed over us. So this guy that you'll read about in the New Testament, this guy named Paul, we call him the Apostle Paul, uh, he started a bunch of churches in the first century, and then he wrote a bunch of letters back to those churches that he started, and they're preserved for us in this thing that we call the Bible. And uh, he wrote this to the first century church in Rome. He said, give to everyone what you owe them. Pay your taxes and government fees to those who collect them, including the IRS. And give respect and honor to those who are in authority. This is the one you might not have wanted to hear about. Because this is really difficult and it's it's such a great example of where our culture lives give everyone what they are owed if you owe respect then give them respect and if you owe them honor then give them honor an always obvious and great example is our president whomever he or she may be some of you are not fans of the previous president Some of you are not fans of the current president. Some of you are not fans of either. Some of you will not be fans of our next president. But it doesn't matter if you like them. It doesn't matter if you voted for them. It doesn't even matter if you agree with them. They deserve your honor. And as some of you are thinking, some of you in the room, some of you watching online, you're like, Craig lost me right there. I'm out. Trust me. I did a lot of soul-searching and a lot of repenting on this one. But let's think about this. Paul wrote this letter to believers in Rome. And he told them to honor those in authority. So Paul wrote this letter somewhere between 55 and 57 AD when Nero, for all of you history-loving folks out there, When Nero, who was known for his personal debauchery and his persecution and murder of Christians, was emperor, he was not a good or honorable dude, and Paul says to respect and honor him. Our country's leaders are to be honored. They have been appointed by God. They lead and serve our country. Show honor to those in authority over you. Let's bring it a little bit closer to home. Because all those people like, you know, that are in politics, you, you know, it's much easier just to roast them on Twitter than it is to like, really honor them. But let's bring it closer to home. You should be honoring your coach and your teacher and your boss And let me say this, if you think you're following Jesus and you dishonor your boss, you're not really following Jesus because you're not honoring those that Jesus has placed in authority over you. Honor those that God has placed over you. Here's another one, pastors and church leaders. The scripture instructs us to honor those who are instructing us spiritually and helping us grow in our walk with Christ. And again, this guy, Paul, he wrote this letter to his protege, Timothy. And he said, elders who do their work well should be respected and paid well, especially those who work hard at both preaching and teaching. And just so we're clear, that's me today. Awkward. But listen, it is a biblical mandate that we honor those who are in spiritual authority. So we're celebrating our 25th anniversary as a church. This is Marathon's 25th year. Um, and I just want to tell you about a date that seems like it's way in the future, but it will be here soon. On Sunday, October 8th, we are going to set aside that Sunday, that day, and we are going to honor Eddie and Lynn Cox and Brian and Brenda Cox for their 25 years of faithful service and ministry here at Marathon Church. It's good. Yeah, come on. They deserve it. And let me tell you guys, because I've kind of been there, like you, you can't imagine what it's life, like to give your life to a church for 25 years. They've literally given their lives and their marriages and their kids and their everything to this church, and we're going to honor them appropriately. It's going to be a great day. Here, here's another one. We're to honor one another. Again, in that same letter he wrote to the church at Rome, Paul wrote, love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Genuinely love one another. Take delight in honoring each other. Can I tell you that love and honor are the guiding factors to every community? Love and honor are the, gui- are the guiding factors in every successful family, every successful community community, and in every successful church. Honor the church leaders, and then honor one another. Honor those that you're in community with. Honor those that you serve, and those that serve you. Encourage them. Value them. Esteem them. Yes, yes, yes. Honor your spouse. And honor your kids. Do you want to have great kids that love Jesus, and are productive citizens? Take delight in honoring them. Encourage them. Build them up. Value them and discipline them. If you don't discipline, you are dishonoring. Here's the most important one that will likely lead to us being successful in all the others is we need to honor Jesus our Lord, Savior, and King. I mean, that's why we're here, right? Y'all, I heard uh, Pastor Mark Clark teach this a while back, and it it, it just stuck with me. I can't shake it. Uh, The Apostle Paul, again, writing one of those letters, he spent the majority of a lengthy letter loving and correcting and rebuking a church in the city of Corinth. And he ends his letter this way. He says this, He said if anyone does not love the Lord, that person is cursed. He doesn't say if anyone does not believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. He doesn't say if anyone does not have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He says if anyone does not love the Lord, love, honor Cherish, treasure. If anyone does not love the Lord, that person is cursed. If anyone does not have affection for love for the Lord, that person is cursed. If anyone does not treasure and honor the Lord, that person is cursed. And just so we're clear, when when he says cursed, what he means is under the curse of sin. And when you're under the curse of sin, that means you're under the wrath of God. If you don't love the Lord, you're still under the curse of sin. But let me tell you some great news today. This Lord, this Jesus, he honored you in the most unbelievable way ever. As God himself, he humbled himself and took on the form of a man, a person, a human, for the express purpose of going to a cross and dying to pay the penalty for our sin. And then he rose again to defeat sin, to defeat death, and he did it all for us. He honored us in the most outstanding way ever. He lived and then he died and he rose again for us. What in whom do you treasure? What in whom do you honor? I I mean, if we could really get down to the bottom of this issue of honor, it really comes down to this. We struggle to honor others because we don't honor Jesus as our King. We don't don't honor him as our king of kings and our Lord of lords. And let me just tell you, he's not the man upstairs and Jesus is not your homeboy. He is your king. And he is to be our treasure. He is worthy of our honor. And listen, no one else is worthy to be your king And no other thing is worthy to be your king. And and listen, if, if we would learn to honor Jesus Christ, the one who gave his life for us and rose again to set us free from our sin, to provide a home in heaven for us and to fill us with his spirit, to enable us to do things that we could never do on our own. If we would learn to honor Jesus Christ, we could learn to honor others. Listen, Jesus is the ruling, reigning, soon returning King of kings and Lord of lords, and he is worthy of my honor, and he's worthy of your honor. So love him, and honor him, and treasure him. And listen, Jesus is not common or ordinary, and we are not common or ordinary because we carry his name. And when we get that, we will reclaim honor in our culture. No one else is worthy to be your king, and no other thing is worthy to be your king. No other king. Would you pray with me today? I want to lead you in a couple of prayers. First of all, if you're here today, and, and you would say, like I've just kind of been checking this whole Jesus thing out and I don't think I've ever made him my Savior and my Lord and my King. I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. If you're in the room, if you're watching online, I just just want you to have a personal, intimate, quiet moment with God right now and just pray, Heavenly Father, I, I realize today that not only am I a sinner, but I'm under the curse of sin. And I believe that Jesus died on the cross and then he rose again to deliver me from the curse of sin. And I call on him to save me today from my sin. I call on him to be my savior and my Lord and my king in this moment. And Heavenly Father, I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, and maybe you consider yourself to be a Jesus follower today. Maybe you you consider yourself to be a Christian and you've just really come to grips with this idea of Jesus as your king. And maybe you're struggling to honor other people because you're not honoring him as your king. Maybe you need to, you know, come to this altar and pray. Maybe you need to get on your knees right where you're sitting. Maybe you just want to sit there quietly. But you would just pray with me right now. You would say, Heavenly Father. I know that Jesus is my Savior. I know that He's my Lord. But I I can tell you, I'll be honest, He hasn't always been my King. I haven't always given Him the honor that is due to His name. And I'm coming back today. I'm coming back to that place of honor. I'm I'm putting him on the throne as my king of kings today. I I, I know in my head, I know in my head that that no one else, no other thing is worthy to be my king. But I want to pray unequivocally, Father, today that Jesus is my king. And I'm following him. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at MarathonChurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us at MarathonChurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.